This is the FCB Podcast Network. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. We are working our way through the Bill of Rights, and this will be our second week in the First Amendment. Last week, we talked about the very first thing, which is the freedom of religion. This week, freedom of speech. Here are Lucy and her mom. Hi, my name is Lucy. I'm 11 years old and I'm from Indiana. Some of the things I like to do are playing sports, playing with friends and going shopping. We are lucky to have freedom of speech because we could say anything, but in some countries you have to just stick what other, you have to stick what other people say like the king what they want you to think. So what are some examples of freedom of speech? Um, that if you don't like a business that open and it's not good and it has stuff that is a little pricey but it's not good quality, you can just say that you don't like it. So you can blast them? Can you blast them online too? Is that part of freedom of speech? Yes. And what's another example? Mm, if you don't like a person and you can say anything mean that you want to them, but you shouldn't say it. Because you don't want to what? Abuse your freedom of speech. That was a great overview and introduction. And now we're going to be joined by one of our favorite guests, Tony Williams from the Bill of Rights Institute, to tell us a little more. Tony, welcome back. It's always nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. Well, in the First Amendment, it says that Congress will make no law abridging the freedom of speech. So I just want to start right there. What does abridging mean? Yeah, it's a great place to start with the Constitution itself, and it means that Congress cannot violate your free speech. It cannot take away your free speech. Now, that doesn't mean you can literally say whatever you want, but because there are some reasonable limitations. However, it is a cherished right uh, that government cannot take away, uh, in, in this case specifically Congress, and uh you know it supports that very important principle of limited government absolutely so like lucy talked about in our introduction if you don't like a business maybe not shopping there or even telling other people you know tweeting something or posting something about how you didn't like doing business with them that can be a way to exercise your free speech what you wear can be a way to exercise your free speech um so what what does the big phrase of free speech really mean? Yeah, I think those are great examples, actually. Um, you know, I think that regarding our constitutional right, one of the most important ways we understand it living in America is that in a representative government, in a democracy, 
you know, we have to give our consent. And part of that is free speech. Um, and on top of that, you know, it, it a lot free speech is that right that allows us as citizens to debate and to deliberate and to share our viewpoints freely with each other so that we can try to figure out the common good and and good just laws and so forth. So I think that's really important too. A third point I might want to bring up real quick is that, you know, it gives us the right to criticize our government officials um, and to criticize the government or, or other things that we don't like in society. And that's perfectly okay. You know, we should try to do it respectfully, but uh, we do have that right. Uh, and it gives us the right to hold certain viewpoints, right? Whether they're about politics or the economy our society, our culture, uh, our own religion that we practice, you know, these are important viewpoints that an individual has that we want protected. And finally, I think you mentioned uh, this one already, it's that that self-expression, right? Whether it's in art uh, or, or other actions uh, and, and, and speaking uh, that you know, express kind of who we are personally, right? And and all these things do support that, right? My my political views, who I am, you know, uh, my right to uh, worship freely, all that is part of free speech. Mm -hmm. So another thing that Lucy said that I thought was a great point was that just because you can say whatever you want, and even though it might be kind of mean, that doesn't mean you always should, because you can you can abuse that right. Exactly. As I alluded to earlier, there are some reasonable limitations on free free speech. Uh, there's a couple famous examples. One is, you know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? And now, if there's a fire, you, you should let someone know, of course. Uh, but you just can't yell it with the intention of, you know, uh, you know, uh, people being trampled, uh, trying to escape, and and causing a panic. You know, you can't do that. You can't incite violence. Uh, you know, famous example, you can't threaten a president that that breaks federal laws. Uh, but, you know, you, but you shouldn't threaten anyone either. Uh, uh, so and, and that's also illegal. Um, and so and you also can't slander someone. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can't uh, say such bad things about them that it hurts their business or, uh, you know, deeply, you know, sort of ruins their reputation, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we do have some reasonable limits. Now, exactly what those limits are, you know, there's a lot of Supreme Court cases and so forth, which kind of get complicated and lawyers figure all this stuff out. Um, but there are, we need to understand, there are reasonable limits and, uh, there shouldn't be excessive limits on our free speech, but there should be reasonable limits, right? And, and that's true of the Bill of Rights in general, that there are reasonable limits on, on most of the rights. Sure. And even in the things that aren't limited, you know, you still want to be a nice person. <laughs> you know, you don't want to say mean things just because you won't go to jail. But at the same time, um, you know, you don't want to infringe, as you know, the word is in the Bill of Rights um, in some places, but on other people's rights, you know, someone might say something that I disagree with or that hurts my feelings, um, you know, that I think is just silly, but I'm not going to call the police. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, say that they shouldn't be allowed to. And that's that's an important distinction that we have in America. Yeah, and you know, I think it's one of the dangers in our society, actually, that 
Um, you see it on social media, you see it on some college campuses, in, in some schools, businesses and so forth, that, that a lot of free speech is actually being shut down, right? Or, or prevented because people feel like, you know, someone might be offended or, you know, it, it might hurt someone's feelings or, or maybe I disagree with it. And maybe I just don't want to hear someone else's point of view. And, and you know, I think that that's not a good road to go down. That's a pretty dangerous path because then, you know, it allows all of these institutions, as I said, schools, colleges, corporations, and, and others, social media, you know, it, it gives them the right to basically censor our speech and, and kind of decide what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And no, I totally agree that we should always be respectful and, and tolerant of other people's points of view. Um, but, you know, we, we shouldn't uh, enter into a situation where we're allowing institutions to censor a lot of speech. Now, an important distinction, though, is, is the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, is actually really a limit on, on government, right? And so while these are private institutions, many of them, I think what's wonderful about Americans is that we still have an expectation. We still want to enjoy our free speech. So whether it's the government or whether it's a private institution, to Americans, it, it doesn't really matter, even though under the law it does. But we, we want to exercise our free speech. We want to be able to say what's on our mind. Uh, in a respectful way and and i think that that's a very good characteristic of americans and i think we should should protect that and, and defend that absolutely and that censorship you talked about is that something our founding fathers would have known about right well uh once in a while they even did it themselves actually uh for sure um you know uh the one of the most uh infamous examples from uh, that founding period is uh, during the presidency of John Adams, uh, the Alien and Sedition Acts were passed. And, and that was an attempt to, to shut down uh, political speech, uh, opposing political speech, uh, newspaper editors and so forth from saying things bad about the Adams administration. Now, I would like to point out that Adams himself did not support the the bill when it became law but he did sign it into law so this was really a congressional measure but he did sign it into law and uh, it had a chilling effect on free speech uh one guy uh spoke uh spoke ill about uh president adams and he was actually thrown in jail uh you know and and, and that's the kind of censorship of uh, of speech that that we really don't want but um, you know, they exercise a lot of free speech uh, during that time, and and sometimes things could get nasty during elections and so forth, uh, maybe a little personal attacks and so forth. But, but you know, we still cherish this right in America uh, in in many similar ways to the founders, and and I think that that's a very good thing. I agree, absolutely, and. Why, why do you think our founders put it, you know, right up front in the First Amendment? It's, you know, the second right that's listed in the whole Bill of Rights. Right. Well, uh, you know, 
look, in general, they really thought free speech was important. And I mentioned the reasons why we have free speech uh, in, in my opening remarks. And, you know, I think that the, those ideas that I had really actually came right from the founders themselves, that, that they really thought free speech was essential to self-government. It was essential to... Uh, citizens debating and deliberating otherwise self-government just doesn't work right because in a monarchy you're a subject you're told what to do right you're told what to believe uh and in a in a democracy you have the right to choose but you have to deliberate you have to discuss and debate with your fellow citizens so that you can figure out what kind of laws you want to live under for example uh, but beyond the political speech, you know, it's just really important that they just thought it was part of a free society, right? That uh, just living, interacting with the with your fellow citizens, you know, the way you, you know you operated business and and your religious opinions, these were all part and parcel every single day of an exercise of that freedom to speak as you choose. Uh, so so it was political, but it had that social dimension as well of, of living in a free society um you know we might understand that well by looking at places that don't have that kind of free speech today maybe in a place like north korea china um iran uh some other countries where, where people don't have a lot of free speech where the government regularly censors uh, social media where it censors opinions where you can be arrested for criticizing the government or its leaders uh i know americans don't want to live in that kind of society and i i would bet a lot of people in this society would like to exercise more free speech as well Yes, definitely. And you know what you touched on as well is they were our founders were creating something really innovative when they created America, something that the world had not seen before. And they wanted to make sure that we didn't have a leader like a king who would tell us what to say and what you could wear and you know what you could express. Um, you know, so that was a pretty important move. It was a big move away from having a king, I think. Right. It was the the ability to basically live your life how you wanted to. And, and part of that was, you know, your speech uh, yeah. and your opinions. Uh, like I said, economic opinions, political opinions, religious opinions. Uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson spoke eloquently many, many times about, you know, how these opinions are just, you know, part of who you are. Uh, and, and that was very important. Um, so yeah, you know, the founders thought it was, was, was really critical, uh, to self-governance in America. Uh, one of, one of the most fundamental rights that supported all other rights, you know, but they did also know that we were going to have different opinions, right? Because of human nature, we were going to look at things, uh, a little differently, uh, whether it's, uh, this political issue or that issue or, or so forth. Um, we were gonna have different religious opinions uh they knew that that was part of human nature and they knew that you couldn't change that without taking away people's freedom or you, you know you couldn't force everyone to have the same opinion uh so part of the living in a free society was that you're gonna have to learn how to deal how to accept the fact uh that people had different opinions than you right and that's not always easy uh but you know an old quote uh that i remember from my childhood 
was that, you know, I may not agree with you, uh, but we can agree to disagree, but we have to do so agreeably, right? We have to do so kindly. We have to do so respectfully. Uh, we also used to say things like, uh, I may not agree with you, but I'll defend your right to say uh, mm-hmm. what you want. Um, and so I think those couple of quotes are, are really good because they show that, at least I know when I was growing up, um, you know, we really took free speech seriously. Uh, and we were also willing to listen to other points of view. So, so important. We're not listening to each other anymore. And that's not only affecting our political system and how we do politics, but it's also affecting how how we relate to each other in civil society. And if we want to be civil towards each other, part of that civility requires us to respect each other's free speech and, and respect each other's opinions, even when we disagree. Absolutely. And that was that's another thing that our founders knew all about, because as we've mentioned on the show before, they didn't agree on everything. And they got into some pretty heated arguments when they were when they were creating our country or even deciding to become independent. You know, independence wasn't even something they all agreed on in the beginning, but they had to come together and share their opinions and have conversations and debates and sometimes arguments even and come up with what they thought would be best for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, There was a a great deal of disagreement over whether we should declare independence. There was a great deal of debate and discussion, deliberation over whether we should ratify the Constitution. There was even a great deal of debate in Congress over whether we needed uh, a Bill of Rights uh, in in 1789 and 1790. So, uh, you know, all those debates were really central to figuring out uh, you know, and, and creating, establishing our Republican form of government. Um, and those debates were, were vigorous. Uh, they were strong and people held strong points of view. And yet in the end, they learned to listen. They learned to compromise. Uh, they learned to listen to the other side and, you know, move forward collectively. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who might not remember in a previous episode, can you give us a reminder what it means to have a Republican form of government? Because that definitely goes along with free speech as well. Right. Well, uh, a, a, re- a republic, uh, a Republican form of government is where you have representatives, right? And so some people call our government a democracy or a representative democracy. Some call it a republic. Some call it a constitutional re- republic. It basically all means self-government, right? Uh, and in our system, we have representatives in Congress and also uh, in our state legislators uh, who represent us, right? And we give our consent for them to represent us and we give our consent through through our free speech. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was just going to say that. I think a vote is really an exercise of free speech in itself. You know, I prefer this candidate to that candidate. Yeah, I think that's really important. Voting is is the most obvious and essential way. But but a, a quick story, you know, I was driving past the the Williamsburg uh, courthouse in Williamsburg, uh, right right near my house the other day, and I saw about twenty or thirty people holding up signs. And I thought, oh, I wonder. I looked over, kind of. I was trying to drive, so I kept my eyes on the road. But I kind of looked over, kind of saw what was on their signs. But and and whether I agreed with it or not, it was just really wonderful to see. American citizens standing out there, believing in some cause, and trying to persuade others 
that you should agree with them uh, and you didn't have to, right? But they were exercising their free speech and, and right to assemble peacefully. Uh, and I was driving by and I was exercising my right to maybe yell a few words of, of encouragement or to not say anything at all, right? We all, and we all went about our day. So um, yeah, I, I think that that free speech in action, right? That practical free speech we, we enjoy every day uh, is really a wonderful thing, as I said, in America. Yeah. And you know, so many of us will, you know, either vote or decide where to shop, or like you said, you can drive by, you can give them a thumbs up when you drive by or a thumbs down or not say anything at all. And there are so many little ways in our lives that all of us, even kids who can't vote yet or, or drive, um, and we exercise our free speech in so many little ways every day that I'm not sure that we notice it all the time. And it seems like one of those things that you notice more if you start losing those freedoms. Exactly right. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think we, we do it every day. There's so many examples, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, when, when we leave a review online or, or when we're talking to our friends or, or interacting with teachers and adults, uh, our parents, uh, you know, uh, we have we have that ability to express who we are and express our opinions. And sometimes our opinions are wrong. Uh, and, you know, that's why we listen to others, too. And and so that those kinds of daily interactions, I think, are really important sort of training ground, if you will, as mm -hmm. citizens every day for, for learning how to interact with each other in a, in a productive way, uh, politically, but also in our society, in our civil society. Mm -hmm. So Lucy was saying one thing that she loves to do. Well, she, she gave us three things, and really they were all First Amendment um, one was just being with her friends. One was being on a sports team, playing sports. And those are certainly both freedom of assembly. And then she loves to shop. And I was thinking, it's funny how shopping is actually, a, a, you know, a freedom of speech issue. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. you, she can decide where, you know, maybe she'll buy a t-shirt with a message on it that, you know, some people love and some people don't, or some people don't care at all. Um, but she, that's, you know, something you want to say or a character on it that you like. And like you said, in some countries, you know, even what you wear is very limited. So having that freedom of expression to go shopping is something that we don't always think about, but it's it's something special. Yeah, there was an important Supreme Court case in, in the 1960s uh, about the Vietnam War. And some students were actually protesting the war and uh, they wore a black armband uh, to protest the war. Uh, and they weren't disrupting class or that, you know, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were just saying, I don't agree with this war. Well, they were actually punished, but then the Supreme Court re reversed that punishment and said that, no, the students have the right to this speech. Uh, but they weren't even saying anything, which is interesting, right? So it was symbolic speech, right? And the clothes they wore, the symbols they wore, they were expressing some views. And really, you know, sometimes when we get dressed, it's just an expression of who we are generally. So uh, maybe every day we're sort of expressing who we are and, and maybe that's sort of an artistic expression uh, of who we are. Uh, and that, that's a form of free speech. It's a form of symbolic speech. Yeah. So what are some of the things that we can do, you know, in our in our everyday lives to support free speech and to be good ambassadors of free speech? I, I love that question because I, I can't state enough how important it is 
in our society and just as Americans in general to support other people's free speech, right? We want to assert our own free speech, but to be respectful, to listen, to not try to shut down other people, or maybe maybe, maybe the young people listening have heard of the words cancel uh, other people's speech, right? That, I think that's very dangerous. And, and so the more we can support each other and say, hey, hey, Let's listen to what he has to say. We may not agree with what this person is saying, but but let's listen. Let's give this person, him or her, a, a fair chance to speak their mind. Uh, the more we do that every day, like you're saying, the more we do it in our classrooms, the more we do it at work, the more we do it when we're having dinner with friends and what have you, uh, I think the better off we're going to be because I think we're losing some of that. And, and that's troubling to me. Yes, me too. I agree. The, the founders put it right at the top of the list in the Bill of Rights for a reason, and that's because it's so important. It's something that we should treasure and appreciate and protect for all the people yet to come. I agree. I don't know about you, but I love listening to audiobooks. And when I pick out a book, I always look for the word unabridged, which means that nothing is left out. Everything that the writer wrote in the print edition is going to be read out loud in the audiobook edition. So when our founders wrote that the freedom of speech would not be abridged, it means that nothing will be left out. As long as you're not hurting someone else and infringing on their rights, you can say anything. And that is a huge deal, even though it might not seem like it. That's because we're used to it. So it's important to keep protecting that right, even for people that we disagree with, so that we can always protect our freedom of speech. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can find us at growingpatriots.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Growing Patriots. We'll see you next time when we talk about freedom of the press. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for liberty. So we would be America, land of the free. This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com.